0: Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Last week we uh, opened with uh, the prophetic words of the year double and we talked about double power. And uh, Elijah released the double portion of the Spirit of God through his ministry. And Elisha walked away and at the legacy, the end of his life, found himself doing double the amount of miracles that Elijah had accomplished. Elijah was a mighty prophet. My gosh. He confronted the political powers. He confronted the spiritual powers of his day. Yeah, there's eight outstanding miracles through the course of his ministry, but when uh, a hungry young man came along whose heart desired for more, who was prepared to push through the veil of apathy and lethargy, he was able to position himself in order to receive a double portion of the spirit of his master, Elijah. And he walked away uh, with, a man, with Elijah's mantle. He smote the River Jordan, his first miracle, parted the River Jordan, and walked into a supernatural life of miracles. Now, friends, I want to tell you today that we can do nothing without Him. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, You can do nothing without me. Not, You're nothing without me, because. God doesn't make junk. We're all special. Amen. God has created us. He's made us. But he said, if you want to live a life of impact, you need me and you need the helper. He said, when I go to be with the Father, I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he will be your helper, your counselor. He will teach you stuff. He will bring my voice into your life. And he will bring the dunamis, which in the Greek is the ability, the supernatural ability of God. God into your life you need him folks I need him this morning and we need to believe that God can pour out on our lives just like he did with elisha a double portion I want you to think about the struggles that you may have gone through over 2018 this morning and I want you to I want you to think about the thought what if I had double the amount of supernatural grunt? Behind me to overcome some of the situations that I had to walk through in my life last year. Wouldn't you want that if God's making it available to you this morning? And so we've got to be prepared to actually realize it is available, that God does want us to go after it. And you know what will happen? God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or imagine according to the Holy Spirit at work in your life. That's Bible, Ephesians 3.20, over your life. Please, church, let's go after it. Let's get hungry for it. You know, can I ask you this morning, when's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you purposely went without in order to pray, in order to seek God? Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, there was an expectation on our masters. You know if it's if there's no medical issues or conditions within your life, then I challenge you. Why? Because when you go without the appetite that your flesh cries out for three times a day and you deny yourself in that area, something kicks over in your life that opens your spirit to the supernatural, to the voice of God, to the ability of God within your life that can bring breakthrough. Who needs a breakthrough this year? I need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. And God says, if you're prepared to come after me, if you're prepared to seek and search for me with all your heart, then you'll find me, the prophet Jeremiah said. So I want to encourage you, church. You know, the Bible is full of stories that continuously have the same ending. Those that deny themselves and pursue the call of God will find that there is a great well of the Father's blessing available to us in order for us to be able to share that with the rest of the world. Don't you want to see that happen? You want to see your family get blessed this year? You want to see your loved ones? You want to see those that you rub shoulders with in your normal, everyday, ordinary working life, being touched by the power of God? I was talking to a young man in our church this uh, last night, and he was telling me that he got a new job this last week, and he's been made the manager of a barbershop in downtown, in Queen Street. And, uh, And he was saying that he was able to share with his boss. And his boss even asked him on the spot to pray for him. And he prayed for him, and then the next morning his boss came and said, I had the best sleep I've had for months last night because of your prayers. You see, friends, that's the kind of life that God wants us to live. Be bold. Be strong. Don't be afraid. I reckon it takes more energy to hold Jesus in than it does to let him out. Amen? And so we, when, when the Spirit's power is behind us, there is excellent things. That God can do through us. So, why don't we be bold today? So, you know, what does double mean? Or if we have one, it means that we have, if we have two, it means, if we have four, it means, eight, it means, multiplication. You work through that. In the life of this church, you know, we've all heard probably preachers say if everybody brought one person to church by this time next year, we'd have double the size of the congregation. But I want you to think about the the realm that there is a reality that exists in our walk with Jesus where a double portion is what God wants to bring into your life and my life. Paul said this. He said, I'm going to forget the things that are behind me because they're going to pull me down. I'm not going to live on my regrets of yesteryear, of yesterday. Today is a new day. Today is a day in which I'm opening my life to receive from the Father. And today, if I have the right heart attitude and the right mindset and the right desire, I'm going to press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. You see, too many people live for the low calling. God said there's a high calling. He said there is an upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Is your call on the decline or is it on the incline? Which way is your spiritual life heading this morning? Because Jesus and Paul the Apostle said, there is an upward call of God for you and I to pursue today. Allow the Holy Spirit to make room in your life to see stuff that you've never seen before. If we're seeing same old, same old, and we haven't seen anything new that God's done in our life for a little while now, can I suggest to you that you're either flatlined or you're on the decline? And God wants to jumpstart you this year to believe that you can see stuff that you've never seen before within your life. I'm not just talking about a fascination with the supernatural. I'm talking about people that you might have prayed for for years who have never come to Christ. And suddenly this year you see some stirrings. You see some things within their life where they're demonstrating interest, where you see a change of heart. God is at work behind the scenes. So let's see God do incredible things. So I want to talk to a, talk to a story today, a parable of Christ. A parable is a, it's a story, it's a, an illustration canvas of an earthly story that illustrates spiritual truth. And the story that I'm going to talk about today is a story about double. Believe it or not, it's the story of double. It's a story of receiving from Christ and seeing Him work multiplication in your life in such a way that what He's given to you can be doubled over a given period of time. And we're going to examine the text and then we're just going to gain a few points out of it as to where we can go over the course of this year. So turning to Matthew 25 verse 14, Christ is speaking. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, listen to this, to each according to his own ability. Take note of that right there. And then he who had received the five went and traded with them and made another five talents. Verse 17, likewise, he who had received two gained two more. Double, double. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he you had received five talents, came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, There you have what is yours. Verse 26, But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seeds, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents, for to who everyone has, more will be given." And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, we pray, open your word to our heart. Open your word into our spirit today. Well, may we receive both the encouragement and also the, the immediate challenge we see in this story that Jesus you told to your disciples and followers. And Lord, this morning, may that word come alive in our lives. We're asking for your help, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So notice, first of all, that the Lord of the servants gave away talents. A talent was literally a weight. It It was a weight that represented a monetary value. And what it really was was The talents represented an opportunity. So he he gave away opportunities to his servants. And with those fresh opportunities that had been given into their lives, there was a clear expectation that those opportunities would be moved on and that there would be a return coming from the opportunities on his return. Can I hear an amen this morning? Secondly, I want you to notice something that the Lord of the servants gave to each person according to his ability, ability. So not everybody had the same ability. If you've been walking this planet for a little while, you will understand that some have much greater abilities than others. Some have very few abilities, but somehow are able to make a large impact with the few abilities that they have within their life. And so clearly, we all understand genetics are involved. Uh, Different natural giftings are involved. If we look back on our lives, every one of you has a background. Every one of you has an upbringing. Some of your upbringings were wonderful. Some of your upbringings were extraordinarily challenging. And so you come to the table today all with a different background, but God knows the ability that you have, and according to your ability, opportunity has been given to you. Because you know what happens? So often, we allow ourselves to become victims of our upbringing and victims of our past circumstances. And we consider that to cancel out any opportunity that Christ may have given to us. But that's not what the Scripture says here today. So there was equal opportunity... That was made to each of the three in the story. We are, as the commendation that came at the end to each of the servants, we are judged on the faithfulness of what we did with the opportunity that was given to us. The faithfulness, and we'll delve into that in just a little bit. And so the passage reveals that the servants were treated, the servants treated the Lord's goods differently. The two servants who were responsible, what did they do? They immediately put to work the five talents and the two talents that were given to them. And the Bible says they started trading, and within a short period of time, the five turned to ten, and the two turned into four. Whereas on the other hand, the single talent person was found to be irresponsible, lacking responsibility, even though he knew his master would return. And it wasn't because he was inactive. Oh no, he was active. He got a spade. He found a plot of ground and he dug a hole. That took energy, that time, that took commitment for him. He was energized to do what he did Just to hide the talent in the ground. He wasn't an active friend by any means. He was very active, hiding and putting away the talent that he had been given. And instead of using his time and his talents for the Lord's use, he buried it and he used the time and talents that he had on himself. It's a pretty sobering sort of a passage. And we find the two that doubled what God had given to them. They ministered away from themselves where the one-talent man served himself in his own agenda over his life and he never multiplied. There was never anything that came from his life that brought glory to the Lord. You know, nothing in life happens. Words like faithfulness, opportunity, risk, profit... They only come about because we've purposely positioned our lives to build on the opportunities that you have been given. We look at the likes of people like Bill Gates, who is a young man fresh out of college, decided not to go down the career path, but began a business that became Microsoft Enterprises. Bill Gates is widely known as one of the wealthiest men in the world. And yet him and his his wife, Belinda Gates, have now set up a foundation where they spend full time simply giving away their money to the world. One of the greatest philanthropists of our modern day. And they are looking at changing the medical landscape to do with malaria in the world. And their goal is that they can completely eradicate malaria as a disease off planet Earth. And they are sinking billions of dollars into it. Who would have thought this fresh... Faced pimple-faced kid out of college could do so much with so little that was given to him. Why? Because at every junction point in his life, he maximized the opportunity that was in his hand, and he now finds himself in that position. I've heard many people over the years, and in fact, probably when I was younger, I was guilty of it myself, whining and moaning, about my lot in life when I compare myself with others and how well they are doing. Isn't it a great trap? The comparison trap is something that will stop you in your tracks from using the opportunities that God has placed within your life today. Let's avoid that at all costs. So what must we do? We've got to purposely position our lives in such a way that what Christ has placed in your hand today what he's given to you. Look at Diana, wheelchair bound. And she sent tens of thousands of dollars into Kenya for orphans who don't have a parent. And she's put into use what she can do with the little that she has in multiplying her life. That's what I call faithfulness. A great example to all of us because we could say, because I'm bound in this wheelchair, I can't do anything, Lord. But oh no. No, Diana, absolutely. You preach it to our sister. So what do we need to do, friends? Where do we start with this parable? Well, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about uh, today for the rest of this message is three simple things that come out of this parable because what it means that we've got to do is that we've got to prioritize. You know what prioritize means? It means first things first. Prioritize means bringing order according to what God has put within your life, and moving on that one at a time within your life in order to shift and make things happen within your life. When you live an unprioritized life, your attention will be distracted at every turn, and you will find yourself all over the shop You will find yourself never making continual progress within your life because you don't live by priorities. Then anything that comes on your radar takes your attention. And you can no longer find yourself living with focus and living with purpose as the five-talent man and the two-talent man did. Immediately they put to work what God had placed within their hand and they doubled it in Jesus' mighty name. The first thing that we need to understand from the story is that God wants us to exercise faithfulness within our life. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness comes from the Greek word pistos, which means trusty. Trusty is a trusty person. It means trusty, faithful, a person who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. Interestingly enough, the young man that got the job managing the barbershop this week, uh, his boss told him the reason why he was employing him was because his last two managers had stolen extensively from his business. And now he's had to install CCTV cameras. He's had to install all these extra security things within his shop in order not to be ripped off. Why? Because he didn't have a faithful employee. He didn't have someone who was trusty. Somebody that he could rely upon to get the job done the way that he wanted to get the job done. It means the execution of commands or the discharge of official duties, one that can be relied on. Believing, confiding, and trusting, taken from the Strong's lexicon. But I want to put it to you even more simpler than that. Faithful comes from two English words, faith and full. A faithful person is full of faith. A faithful person has found a connection with their master. As these two men did, there was a connection with their master that said, I know my master's coming back one day to bring me to account. I know that one day I'm going to have to come face to face with the master who gave me five talents. And I know he's going to ask and require a report from me of what I did with what I was given. So because he had a connection with his Lord, that connection meant that he was full of energy and vitality, ready to put to work the five talents that he had been given. How does faith come, friends? Romans ten seventeen says this. Faith comes by and by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is the spoken or the rema word of God. So faith comes to you. Don't ever say, I don't have any faith. Because when you hear the voice of God within your life, when God speaks to you, suddenly you have that faith to do what He's asking you to do. When you receive that word from God and it's living and active within your spirit, suddenly all the impossibilities melt away and suddenly you can see a pathway ahead. You can see what God wants to accomplish through your life. You can believe it and God can trust you to do the job because you're full of faith and you become a faithful servant. So what's often missing within our lives is fresh faith, we're still living off the fumes of what God did 15 years ago. And we haven't heard the voice of God cutting through the atmosphere into our spirit for a long time. So we're living off stale faith, which will never cause you to be a faithful steward of the Lord. It will never cause you to take steps of trust and confidence into an unknown future where God dwells. Remember, God is the God of the unknown. He lives in the unknown. He's waiting for you to step into the unknown because He's there. He said, I am that I am. He's present in the unknown. And as you step out with that word from God in your spirit, that's how this church started. That's how the church in Fiji started. That's how we're believing another church is going to be started this year, quite close to our location. Because I want to use the little that I have been given To see at the end of my lifetime a legacy of people who have been raised up, trained up, equipped, ready to go, empowered by the Spirit of God to see people come to Christ and expand the kingdom of God and fulfill the agenda of heaven over their lives. And you know what? Sometimes I look at it and if I don't have fresh faith in my heart, the vision will sink me and I'll start to backpedal instead of move forward and I start looking at all the obstacles and the impossibilities. I can't do this, Lord. It can't be done. And the can't start flooding your mind and suddenly you've given up before you even started. But friends, when you get in your prayer closet, when you stop monologuing with God, Hello. Some of our prayer times, we jump into our prayer closet. It might be your car, it might be going for a walk around the block, and you get you come around home and you finish at home, and you think, "Thanks, Lord, that was a great prayer time." And all you did was jabber, 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 jab, 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 jabber, jabber, jabber. jabber. <laughs> and there was never a chance for God to actually speak to you because you were just talking all the way around the block. And God says, "Will you stop long enough?" for me to speak into your spirit, to give a fresh word of faith to you that is going to cause you to take steps into the unknown, to trust me in an unknown and shaky future and know that you'll be rock solid because you've heard my voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So friends, what's a faithful servant? It's a servant who's full of faith because they've heard from God. The five-talent man, the two-talent man, they heard from their master. Put it to work. Go and see what you can do. What did they do? They doubled it. What does God want to do in your life this year? Double, double, double. Believe God for it, friends. He's done it before. He will do it again, and He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think. Amen. So secondly, responsibility. Two words. In the English language, response and ability. What's, in a, what's a responsible person? They are a person who have responded with the ability. Preach it, Diana. <laughs> Go to her shop afterwards and make her day a happy day. <laughs> it's not for herself. You see, she's excited because she can give away. Isn't that awesome? She's excited because of what God can do in her to give away to the nations and put a smile on kids' faces in Africa. I love that. You see, responsibility is utilizing the ability that God has given to you to respond to what He's asking you to do. What's an irresponsible person? A person who's not using their ability to respond. It's very simple, isn't it? It's actually very simple when we look at it. And so uh, we see here that Matthew twenty-five sixteen. then he would receive five talents, went. He went. He got up. He went. He went to where he needed to go in order to trade and get double what God had given to him. He didn't sit on the couch playing the PlayStation all day hoping that somehow he would get an increase. If that's speaking to anybody in this room, then praise God. <laughs> it's not intentional by any means. Whatever it may be, we can often just sit back and expect it all to come to us. And God says, no, I've given you the, I've given you the talents. Now you've got to get up and you've got to get going. Get up, get going. Where, Lord? Well, start listening. Where is he telling you? What is He saying to you? What is He speaking into your spirit? Don't just go anywhere. You need to go where He's directed you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in pastures green. He restores my soul. He leads me by the still waters. Come on. He's leading your life. He's bringing you to a point. Follow the Master. Follow the great shepherd of the flock. And you will find that where He leads you to will cause when you respond with your ability to see it multiply. And to see amazing circumstances where it all lines up, where the flow opens, portals into the spirit realm are suddenly open because you've been obedient to the Lord, and suddenly, multiplication is taking place Whew! within our lives. Can you give God an amen today? Praise God. You know, the book of Acts was written because they acted. Yes. <laughs> Another simple statement for you today. The book of Acts, the most outstanding uh, record of the miraculous in the whole of the Bible, where people who were crippled, were suddenly, instantaneously healed. People who were born paralyzed got up and walked. Where uh, large amounts of finance was transferred into the hands of the apostle by supernatural generosity that entered the hearts of the people. And where people who tried to lie to God and to the, said, you're not lying to man, you're lying to the Holy Spirit, suddenly dropped dead and had an early funeral. It wasn't all chickadees it wasn't all roses it wasn't all pie in the sky floating on the clouds no friends there was a reality of the fear of the Lord that hit the church where suddenly they were mindful man I've got to act on the abilities that God has given to me and see double start to manifest within my life wow the church went from 120 to 3,000 in one day, or 3,120, if I get my mathematics right. On the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was out poured on the 120 in the upper room, Peter preached his first sermon, and 3,000 people came to Christ in the city of Jerusalem. Suddenly, the church went from 120, not to 240, not double, but exponential multiplication as the apostles were obedient and acted on what God had given to them. So, friends, one of the things that we've really got to help ourselves get past this year is the issue of judging. And I just bring this to our attention because we judge others on their actions, but we only judge ourselves on our intentions. Hmm. I need to think about that one for a little minute. We often judge others on their actions, but we let ourselves off the hook by our intentions. Oh, I was going to do that, Lord. But then somebody does something and you harsh on them. You judge them. And then you need to understand that you need to take a long look in the mirror with your own life because God's not going to judge you on your intentions. He's going to judge you on your actions. On that great day when we all come before the Lord, the Bible says that we will stand before God on our own. And God is not going to judge you on your good intentions. He's actually going to judge you on your actions. So stop judging others on their actions and only judging yourself on your intentions. To be responsible means to act. It means to move. It means to trade. It means to do business. It means to do spiritual transactions for Jesus. Finally this morning, lastly, number three, give God access to your finance. We can't forget the fact that this parable is talking about money. It's talking about a currency. It's talking about an opportunity or an ability that God's given to these men to do something with what they were given. So I'm not just bending the story here. Just to preach, and those of you who have been with us for five or six years, you'll know that I very, very rarely even touch the topic of money. We don't do big 10-minute, 15-minute offerings in this church. We just simply trust the Father because we've had a revelation that there's not one sparrow that falls to the ground that God doesn't know about. He knows about my needs. He knows about your needs. And so, therefore, we don't feel the urge to push people about money. But what about what the Scripture teaches us concerning what God has given into our care? Two things God asks of your finance. Number one is that you look after your family. You care and you provide for your family. You're worse than an infidel, the New Testament says, if you won't provide for your own family. And so we need to make sure that our family's been adequately cared for. And the second thing is that God said, I want you to utilize some of what I've given to you to build my kingdom. I want you to exercise the resource that I've placed at your disposal to expand my kingdom, to grow my kingdom, the kingdom of God. Not just Faith Point Church, but the kingdom of God. And so we, you know, as a church, as a local storehouse, we believe that God has given us a great vision, and we understand that that vision is going to require the faithfulness of God's people. My faithfulness, your faithfulness, as we extend and expand the kingdom. Churches do not grow on trees. They grow on outrageous, courageous faith and faithfulness with the resources of God's people. And so God is very clear on what will happen to your life according to the law of sowing and reaping. What does the law say? He that sows little receives. He that sows much receives much according to the measure that you sow, so shall your harvest be. It's, a, it's like the law of gravity. So to take this tablet now and drop it on the, and let it go. It will fall to the ground because there's a law at work called the law of gravity. It's not going to float in the air. It will fall and probably break. And I'll cry if that happens. And in the same way, there's a law That's at work within our lives, the law of sowing and reaping with our lives. It's the simplest message on finance that you can find anywhere and all through from Genesis to the book of Revelation regarding this this law that God has placed in the universe of sowing and reaping. And uh, God outlines this law when he talks about the tithe under the Old Testament. Malachi 3.8 says this, Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. He's not just talking about tithes, the 10% of our income. He's talking about tithes and offerings. And he says, you're cursed. With a curse, because you've failed to bring what belongs to me, your finances are now cursed. How do you know if your finances are cursed? Because you can never break even. You can never get ahead. You're always behind, the tax man's chasing you, the bill man's chasing you, the utilities man's chasing you, and you'll always seem to be behind, as opposed to blessing, where you'll have more than enough in order to share with others. Your curse with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Did you know this is one of the only references in Scripture where God commands His people to test Him? And it's to do with our first fruits. It's to do with our financial resources towards the Lord. So He says... Test me, try me. And then here's the promise, friends. Here's the law of sowing and reaping in action. Test me in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be room enough to receive it. It's as simple it works like this. If you want to give God a teaspoon offering, then he's going to get his teaspoon. And as you have sown, so you shall receive. If you want to get a dump truck and fill that up with the blessing of God and back it up into the storehouse of the Lord and tip that truck up, guess what's waiting for you in the windows of heaven is the abundance and the overflow of God's goodness within your life. That's simply what the Lord is saying. If the the windows of heaven are closed over your life right now, take a good look. Take a good look at what you are sowing and how you are sowing or not sowing into your life. And I've talked, I've discipled some of the young men in the church here on, in regard to this subject, and every single one of them have come back to me, and they've said, Pastor James, at first I didn't really believe you, but when I started putting into practice, do you know I've never had an issue now with lack ever since I've started tithing into the house of the Lord. And that's their testimony. That's not me coercing them. That's something that God has done within their lives. So what's the promise? The promise is multiplication. The promise is pouring out upon your life, opening the windows of heaven over your life. And so God's saying, if you'll honor me with the first tenth, then I'm going to open windows of heaven over your life and I'm going to bring a multiplication factor into you this morning. Well, God is good. Amen.